9. Curious Case of Silly Billy. David K. Genie Convention. Okay, we're here at the Genie Convention again. I'm Joshua Senkamp. I'm Jason Wellington. And we're sitting here with... David K. Silly Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. Uh-huh, sure. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Josh, do you want to uh, start with... Yeah, that? so we... We haven't really done the silly questions or anything like that, but um, so we kind of start off with um, kind of how you got your start in performing. It doesn't have to be, you know, just did you start off in theater? How did you get into magic? Yeah, it's like, fine. Just kind of how you got yeah. your start. Well, it's a um, a funny story, and I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was a magician as a kid, you know, from about eight till about well, from eight until when I graduated high school, and it was all just you know close up cards, coins. Um, no kids stuff. So then, um, okay, I went to college. In college, I didn't do any magic. Um, then I got out of college. I went to Europe for a year. Then I came back and I got a job like I'm supposed to. And um, I hated it a lot. I didn't hate the job. I hated going to the office. Ugh. Anyway, I hated it so much. So I quit after nine months. And, um, and so then I was left without a job. So I, oh, so I live in Manhattan and I, and I loved, uh, always loved watching street performers in, as, as I was growing up. One, you know, one of the things a lot of, actually it turns out a lot of famous magicians were part of the gang. And that is that, um, when I was, uh, like 12, 13, 14, 15, um, everyone, went to Tannins on Saturday and then Tannins closed at two o'clock and then everybody went to a restaurant and hung out and it was all young guys. Uh, Charles Green was there. Joe Monte was there. Mayor Yedid was there. You know, all these guys. We were all, and, then, and, and famous people. So it was awesome. But anyway, um, so I loved watching street performers and uh, so uh, when I quit and didn't have an income, I said to myself, well, I'll just try street performing as a way to bridge until I got another job, which is relatively smart. Um, but I, I, um, I doubled my salary in the first week of street performing. And hell yeah. <laughs> and I said, this is awesome. Right. And I, I just kept doing I never thought I would call myself a street performer because I even years and years into it, I always still felt that it would be temporary. Right. But anyway, doing street performing and people would say, hey, do you do kids' parties? And I said, yes, even though I ha knew nothing right. about it. Uh, so I went to Tannins, bought some stuff. Actually, I was sold some stuff. I don't didn't know what to ask for, and um, and I did some kid shows. And I I just oh actually, the, I used to say I must have been good because I kept getting booked and booked and booked. But I just a, a client just showed me gave me a video of me doing his kids party very very early on in my career, and I was good. I was really good. So you know. So then eventually the street performing faded away and the, the, the gigs, the paid gigs, and that was it. Um, so I say it was an accident. I don't, I didn't grow up loving children or wanting to work with children or really nothing like that. It was just an accident. And, um, you know, I do love it. I've, I, I still love it, even though it's been so many years. Of, yeah. So it, going from the street performing to doing the, 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 the children's magic and the parties and all that, 
it, was that the birth of the Silly Billy character? And how yeah. much of how much of Silly Billy is you? Yeah, or is it completely different? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, in high in junior high school, uh, yeah, wow, that's a long time. In junior high school and in high school, this is also going to sound weird. Uh, flea markets was a big thing. Yeah, they would you know every parking lot in town was a flea market. So I decided to to pitch magic. I mean, I was thirteen years old, so I decided to pitch magic at flea markets. So, uh, you know, my parents drove me to flea markets, and I set up a table, and I had a little, you know, a little close-up table, and I would pitch all the nonsense, nickels to dimes, uh, color Monty, of course, you know, everything, all the old stuff. And, um, ah, oh, so, when it was, when I started street performing, I played around with costuming. And I went into the into my box of stuff that I used to sell, and in that box were was a, a light up bow tie. I used to sell it, right? right. Uh, those big glasses, yeah. you know, which ended up obviously. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, all kinds of things, but that was um, you know I sort of put a costume together based on the nonsense that I just had sitting around. Um, okay, so then, so then I had this this costume, um, but even before I had the costume, um, I, when I was street performing and I was working with kids, and I was and I was doing, I had just started doing private parties. So I actually um, had a list of names, and I asked the kids that that uh, that were watching me perform. I asked them, "Here's a list of names. What's your favorite name?" And they told me. Right on. So that's how I decided on it. The kids told me, which is how I do so many, make so many decisions, even still. So, so the kids said Silly Billy's a really funny name, and that was that. And actually, I had, a <laughs> I had this client. This is a good story. One of the very, very, very first shows I ended up doing was for a family. And I, was, I went in as David Kay, right? Okay. So... And then, like, about a year later, the kid saw me perform, and the mom was there, and the kid said, oh, look, it's Silly Billy. And she goes, no, 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 that's not Silly Billy, that's David Kay. What are you talking about? <laughs> and in that, that was the period in which I, you know, was really developing the character. So, yeah, so, um, did that answer the question? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, sorry. Totally. No, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. It, I like how you say that you, you, you ask the kids a lot of questions yeah, to, yeah. to help build your, your act. Yeah. Have you ever had like a, a I guess happy accidents as well? We've been kind of calling them. We talk about, you know, how the audience will give you a line or they'll do something oh. and you're like, oh, that's amazing. I need to do that every single time. Oh, of course. Time, right? oh, of course. That of course. Of course. Um, that's how you, that's how you build, go from a, buying a trick to creating a routine is all the stuff that, that so you how get. Much, how much of that, like, as far as your show, how much do you script versus what the audience gives you? Oh, boy. Um, well, there's a script. But um, one of the things I sort of try to teach, um, because I think it's a good idea, is something that I do a, a whole lot of, which is to encourage the kids, not, I don't explicitly say it, but my character, 
will yield it, encourage the kids to yell stuff out and have a dialogue with me. So there's a script, but I, I, I really love it when they, when they ask, they shout stuff out, they ask questions. Um, it does help me a lot understanding what, how they're perceiving what I'm doing. Right. Um, so I, yeah. Hey Dan. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's funny. Um, uh, Oh yeah. The kids. Um, so the, so, um, yeah, I love having the kids yell stuff out. Um, sometimes they're jokes that I can include. Sometimes they help me to understand, you know, what they think is happening so that I can eliminate that as an explanation, you know, continuing. Um, and then there's ad libbing. There's my own ad libbing that that happens, and then you put it into the script. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely scripts. But um, I love when the kids yell stuff out. This actually uh, a month ago it was so funny. I actually was street performing, and I did a trick, and this kid over here said, "But that's impossible!" <laughs> loud, really loud, and I said. Well, that's what magicians do. I mean, this was a little kid, and maybe it was the first time she saw a magician, and she said, yeah, but that's impossible. <laughs> so, that's yeah, yeah, it's all beautiful. The kids yeah. the kids are great. Oh, I'll tell you something else that I do a lot of. When kids yell stuff out, oh, I teach this in my book, but if I'm going, sometimes the, uh, people don't hear it, even though it's funny. So then I repeat what the kid said, which is how you, so I repeat it and then the adults hear it and then they laugh. So everybody gets to enjoy the joke. It's not just like, yeah, it's not an anonymous call out. And uh, so that's a really good thing to do when someone yells, when a kid will say something that's that's worthy of sharing, um, you repeat exactly what the kid said. And um, so, yeah, that's how you get, that's the ad-libbing part, which I love. Well, when I first started, it was very locked into needing to be on script and not being aware, I guess. Um, yes, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's valid for people who are just starting out. Um, but I think I was always like that because that is, yeah, I don't know, but I've always. I think I've every show's been like so that always from the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, what happened to me at the beginning, as I said, I didn't know what I was doing and I went to Tannins and bought some tricks and I had never seen uh, a video of someone else performing. I'd never read a book, a kid's magic. I have never read a book at that point, a book on how to do kid's magic because it really happened by accident. I didn't say, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Let me do all my research and learn as much as I can." People were asking for gigs, and I just did gigs. So as it turned out, I kind of that was a really good thing for me, because I created my own style with my own rules, and I wasn't, you know, forced into what someone else would have taught me is the quote right way to do it. So I just created a style that turned out to be, you know, comfortable for me, and turned out to be really, really successful. Yeah. Yeah. As far as as far as the character ability, did you have any influences or training that, that helped you? Yes, yes, yes. I had no training, no, <laughs> no training at all. But um, this is uh, actually a really great answer. 
because it's the same answer that Jerry Seinfeld gave uh, someone when he was asked this question. And I don't know how famous that, that is, but it ma made a big impact on me. So Jerry uh, Seinfeld grew up on Long Island. I, I, I grew up in New York City, and it, we, we, we watched the same TV channels. This was in the days when there were only 10 channels. And um, on Sunday mornings, this one channel played Abbott and Costello movies. Uh, they had a TV show, they had movies, and it was all Abbott and Costello. And um, that was a huge influence on me um, because Silly Billy does a lot of uh, verbal word jokes, plays on word. It, it, it's a staple of children's magic, but, but it's also something that really, you know, really interests me. So a lot of my jokes are word jokes and plays on words, and I and I was inspired, you know, for from Abbott and Costello. And in fact, I'm working on something now, which is is almost I'm almost ripping. Off. <laughs> I'm almost. I'll tell you the joke. Oh my god! So there's a scene in a in one of their movies where um, uh, Costello is. Um, Wait, let's see now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Costello is singing downstage, but it's a rehearsal. And Abbott is trying to uh, hang a curtain. Okay. So Costello's go. I don't know what he, I forget what he's doing, but he's singing. Let's say he's singing, um, uh, do a deer, a female deer. And, and, and Abbott is in the back and he goes, higher, higher. Because he's trying to get the curtain higher, and then Abby, oh go with you, no lower, lower, no with you, lower than that, and oh lord, that is the funniest thing. And uh, <laughs> it's funny if you're eleven, and it's and so that and that was me. And now it's funny if you're six, and that'll be my audience. But I'm working. I'm actually yeah stealing that thing, and it, boy, it's and it's it is going to be it's going to be hilarious. So anyway, yes, Abbott and Costello, um, Woody Allen. Um, uh, taught me a sort of a New York style of sense of humor, a, a New York sense of humor, kind of dry, um, slightly uh, intellectual. Um, so, so it was it was Woody Allen and Abbott and Costello. Right yeah, great influences. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's and it's you know it's a straight line from that to me now. Right. And it's one of those wonderful things that you don't realize is effect will play as big a role in your life, right. you know, down the road. For sure. Yeah. So Seinfeld watched those same movies and he talks about that too. And of course, when you're a comedian, it, it's also about word jokes. I mean, word, word, word jokes. Play. Yeah, word play. One of my favorite questions is when I used to do theater is what goes through your mind before you step out, before you perform? Do you have a small ritual that you oh, do yourself. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I know you asked earlier about uh, training. I was in all the plays and musicals in high school. So that's, I mean, I was never trained to do it. I just did it. Um, but I think I've always been very comfortable on stage. Right. You know, kind of it just, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I do not have a ritual. Um, I, the only ritual I have is I, I have lots of bottles of water with me cause I, I, I drink a lot of water in my show, but I mean, not in my show, but as a person, but, uh, no, no rituals at all. I, I, I just love, I, I just come out. Well, first of all, 
I don't usually perform in a theater with a curtain where, and an MC who says, ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause. So, you know, I'm already in the space where I'm going to be performing. So, you know, it, it builds up. In fact, I, I also ha I have this funny um, uh, theory that the second show of the day, let's say I have three shows, the second show of the day is the best show because the first show of the day is really a warm-up. Because, you know, I, I woke up an hour before the first show of the day. So, you know, the character is just sort of, you know, the engine is right. warming up. And then the second show, I'm on fire. And then the third show, I'm just wiped out. So they lose out as well. But this, so, so, so the, that's my warm-up, my sort of preparation. My voice starts, you know, getting exercised and saying things. And um, so the first... <laughs> The whole first show is the, is the warm-up. I'm sorry, guys, but sorry to my clients. But Are you constantly adding new routines? Yes, it's funny. Um, um, yeah, there was a – well, okay, there's, a, there's, there's two answers. Uh, one answer – okay, so first of all, uh, the three answers. <laughs> I used to have a, a stable of uh, – uh, of of kid show guys that I would send out, who I trained, and they did what so many kid show people do is this trick is boring me. I want to do another a new trick. Um, I mean, and and they always and they want new tricks, um, which is as it turns out the wrong way to do it. So that's number one. Number two, the right way to do it is to do, as we've seen here, and as we see among all the most famous magicians, is to do the same tricks, you know, a thousand times, five thousand times, you know. And so that's so the core. My core show is uh, is the tricks that, uh, I'm sorry, are tricks that I've been doing for years and years and years, literally 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Um, when I want to work new tricks in, I stick them in the show and I work, work them out. Um, and sometimes they stay in longer than others. Um, sometimes I end up using them just for specific ages. So for example, there are tricks that I would only perform for a three-year-old show. There are tricks that I would only perform for an eight-year-old show. So these don't really end up in the core show, but they come in, they substitute for, for other tricks within the structure of the show. Um, and the third thing I wanted to say is, oh yeah, is that in the last couple of years, I started to uh, create material that I expect to sell to the magic community. So that stuff, I stick into my show as much as I can because I need to work, work the trick out. Everything that I sell are tricks that I've done hundreds and hundreds of times, you know, that, that makes it a better product. Um, so that's, so now there's a lot of, at this point in, uh, you know, last couple of years, there's a lot of new stuff in the show, but to work it out and to learn how to do it, Actually, and they end up in the show, in my show. Yeah. But they're also tricks. Uh, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah, so that is how new tricks go into my show, is stuff that I'm working on. Yeah, stuff that I've created. That, that And, of course, if I create it, I, if it ends up being sold, it's a trick that ends up being great. And if it's a trick that ends up being great, I'm going to do it in my show. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's funny. 
Yeah. So half my show now is 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 all originals, like brand new props, original right. props. Yeah. So you said you had a stable of guys at one time. Do you still have people performing? Doing yeah, that's under the Silly Billy brand. Yeah, that's a good question because that has a lot to do with character. Um, no, I stopped. I stopped that. Okay. It was um, a pain in the neck, right. actually, to manage to manage people, a lot yeah. of people. Um, but the what I did with the with the first I did first I uh, well first of all I dressed them all well the clothes and the and the style of my look is clearly something that I've thought a lot about and I've decided is the right way to do it the best way to do it not everyone has to agree but for me and therefore I I clothed and costumed my other people in that style no makeup. They all had funny hats. They all had suspenders. They all had, you know, colorful pants, so on and so forth. Um, and then at first, I, 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 I was, I called them. Well, there's a silly Billy company, and then I called them, each of them, a, a name that, that began with silly, silly, silly Lily, silly Willie, all these things. But then I found out that customers were getting confused. Uh, about who's silly Billy and who's not silly Billy. So then I so then I t- gave them all names that began with the word loony. Okay. And I there's like I have 20, <laughs> 20 or even twenty five loonies. And you know the guys that quit then the, I take the name and give it to the next guy. But there's Looney Louie, Looney Lenny, Looney McNoodle, Looney uh, God. Uh, uh, they're all really funny, really funny names. But of course, the fifteenth and the sixteenth guy get these, you know, really absurd names because all the good ones got used up at the beginning. But um, so yeah, so when I had the the troop, the troop of people, um, they all looked similar to me. They all had names uh, sim- similar for themselves. They all had the same magic word that wasn't my magic word, but they all had the same magic word um, because if someone calls and they say, "I want Looney." Looney Tooney, that's another one. If they and Looney Tooney's already booked, it's easier to send them Looney Lanny uh, than like Bobo the Clown, because there's a sense of well, it's going to be similar. Yeah, so that's why why I did that. Yeah. Um, And that consistency in the brand. So you train these guys. Uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. They all did the same show, um, a mixture of uh, of uh, of tricks that are you know strong effect and easy to do, obviously. Um, and they all had the same script, and yeah. So they, yeah. were they? Did you let them play with that, or were you seeking out performers, oh, or were you like, where were you pulling your talent? From? That's a good question. Hey. Oh, hey. Yeah, we'll be right here. <laughs> Did I tell you about my Mop Man act? No. Oh, it's terrific. Uh, I was inspired just uh, two days ago. And I, it's a great act where I'm going to... No, that's not true. Um, uh, what would what, what you say? Sorry. Uh, I've got the question. I don't know why uh, David talked about the Mop Man. That was Tina Leonard who just... Yeah, Tina Leonard just interrupted me which is really i don't know but uh, no anyway she's obviously gonna you guys are gonna talk yeah, to her as well obviously so um oh the uh i encouraged them to ad lib and create their own character and some were 
talented enough to do that, and some were not talented enough to do that, which is fine because the script was a really, really good show anyway. Right. So, yeah. And then you've, uh, just from a, a managerial standpoint, a management standpoint, it's just, I've been on that side in a magic company as well, managing lots of mm-hmm. magicians and trying to keep consistency. Yeah, it's horrible. It is a plate spinning act. You know, when you send out, when you send, I used to send out like 50 and 60 shows a weekend. So if 5% of the shows were late, I got to hear it from three people in the morning. Mrs. Johnson is mad at me because the guy was late. And oh, God, you know, Monday morning phone calls was a nightmare. All these mistakes that these guys made. Oh, he didn't do what you, you promised he was going to do, you know, whatever. So um, it's hard. And uh, yeah, it's hard. How long did you do that? Oh, gosh, a long time. Too long. Um, I, actually, I could kind of 90. Uh, yeah, about 15 years. How long should you have done it? <laughs> uh, uh, I hate to say this, and this is going to be the best advice I could give anybody in the history of magic. Don't do it. Right on. Don't do it. If I, I, I believe now that if I had spent all the hours that I spent running the company, if I had taken all those hours and put them into my own career, even though I was making money from them, but if I put all those hours into my career, I think my career would be would be a very different career, and I'd be making that same amount of money because I would have put the time into me rather than the other people. And I'll tell you something else: Kostya Kimlat is here lecturing. I've heard his lecture several times, and he and he talks about how he um, had this thing, and then he stopped. Um, Oh, terrific, terrific. Well, his reason is is that he, he his, the reason he gives is because um, he wasn't able to make m- m- profits, big profits. And um, that's also that was also a problem for me. I wanted my guys to be great. Um, and therefore, I'm going to pay them to keep them, you know, in my group. And, uh, yeah, so I don't, ma- I didn't make as much. Yeah. That's why you got to do 60 shows, you know, to get to make some money. Yeah. And so Silly Billy's obviously evolved over the years mm-hmm. and you're still performing in Silly Billy. You still go out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have several friends who have told me that, um, I'm too old are you smiling? Because you know I'm right there, right? Okay. So that I'm too old to be Silly Billy. Okay. To look the way Silly Billy looks and to act like Silly Billy acts. And my response is the wrong answer, which is I love Silly Billy so much, I don't want to stop being Silly Billy. Um, but they're probably right. You know, it's the old, uh, you know, fat guy wearing a tuxedo that doesn't fit anymore syndrome. And, um, and, you know, magic is full of those guys. Okay. Uh, so, um, I probably will have to let it go at some point. Do you see it but, evolving into something else? Like taking maybe... Well, I would love to call, still call him... Oh, God, of course. The character, as you know, and as people who've, who read the book will fit the, figure out as the writer. You know, every character, most characters, is an ex, is an exaggeration of your own personality. And um, therefore, it would be hard for me to come up with a different character. Although, well, well, actually, well, no, that's... 
Okay, do you know about Dr. Blood? Dr. Blood, no. Okay. Now, okay, so I have this completely different character called Dr. Blood. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that now. And when you want to talk about Dr. Blood, we'll talk about Dr. Blood. But so, but even Dr. Blood is very much like me and is also very much like Silly Billy because it's also very much like me. So, yeah, I, I don't think I could do a, like a Rob Zabrecki character or um, let's see. Uh, well, Rudy, Kobe, um, Chris Angel, Matt King. Yeah, th those people are not me. Um, so my character, anything I ever do will be, the, will be this, will be an extension of me. Awesome. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I ha probably have to ditch the costume. Um, but the sense of humor, you know, yeah, yeah. In England, a lot of those guys, uh, there are very few real characters in England. Most of the English children's magicians are dressed like normal people it's interesting yeah so that doesn't isn't the style in england and so therefore people can grow old you know and sort of look the same part you know is, is a, a, a you know something i don't know how many people know this but captain kangaroo mm -hmm. you know this you know what i'm gonna say captain kangaroo when he first started was a young man who dressed like an old man which is why he's always looked like an old man, even when he was an old man, which was really smart because the character is consistent, you know, for 30 years. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it is smart. So unfortunately for me, uh, my character is a very, you know, playful, energetic. I, I imagine that he's about 12 years old, silly Billy. And um, I'm not. I'm no longer 12 years old, <laughs> as it turns out. So, as much as I try. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the character. But I think I'm but gonna have to. Kind of a I think so. Right. I do. I think so. Yeah. I think that's because good, I'm old enough to. I think that's have a good to. thing for you. It's, well, do you, um, do you find it fun reinventing a new character? Because you just you know the bringing the Doctor Blood thing. Um, it's sad that you're putting, you know, silly Billy into the, you know, yeah. into the box and, you know. I know, yeah. But are you excited to create something no. new? No, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Nope. from the idea that you know how much work the first one? No, no, no. Actually, well, you know, I would have to say the answer is um, at this point, you know, in the, in this phase, it's not, I don't know how long the phase will last, but I'm really focusing on creating product. So that's my focus, and I'm not interested in creating a new character and evolving. That that actually, um, I have to say that may, in fact, you may have taught me this. That may be the least interesting part of my job, which of course eliminates me from participating in your book. But <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, it's not it's not as interesting to me. Um, it, 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 it all happened on its own. Okay. The evolution and the creation, and this is true, the evolution and the creation happened gradually over time on its own with not a lot of planning. Okay. Now, when you look at Mac and, and Lance, you know, they both, they're both from Kentucky, um, 
but I think Mac is more like a guy from Kentucky, and Lance is not. Obviously, Lance is very classy and elegant and so on. So, what? He's from Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. So, so Lance ditched the Kentucky, totally. and Mac embraced the Kentucky. So, you know, um, Silly Billy evolved because it's part of me, and I imagine Mac's character also evolved because it's a lot of who he is. So, um, yeah, it just happened. It just happened. Um, I'm a I'm a New York Jew, which means my sense of humor is going to be like Woody Allen's, and um, you know I'm 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 nuts, and so I take chances and I push the envelope and and I do stuff like that. Um, the best compliment I ever got was from an actor. Um, named Bob Balaban. If you if you if you saw him you'd know him. He's like he's in a lot of films. He was in a lot of the uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so I did his kids party and he said to me, Wow, your sense of humor reminds me so much of my friend Marshall Brickman. And Marshall Brickman is the is a writing partner with Woody Allen. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was awesome Dang. to hear. Yeah. And that's exactly what I, that's really, that's the best thing I could ever have been told. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's a lot of, um, and you know what? That's probably one of the reasons I'm so successful because people, because I am in New York, I'm performing for sort of the New York intelligentsia, you know, the, the very successful New Yorkers. And this is a very New York sense of humor, very right. New York style. Right. Was yeah. that always, were those clients the ones that you wanted to go after? Was that a no. Oh, that was an amazing accident. <laughs> amazing accident. Um, yeah, which also goes to show how good I must have been at the beginning, or let's say how funny I must have been at the beginning. No, um, it's hard to break into that strata, sure. and uh, I'm lucky that I did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I can charge a lot. Right, yeah. right. There's a lot of yeah. guys, especially you know, when we were talking about with branding, and uh, similar to building a character, you're building a character for a specific audience or a type of Yes, of course, but no, but that's not what I, that's not what I, no, I don't know how you, what character would be the character that would play for that market. I just don't think there's, I don't know if there's a, I think a professional character whose clothes are clean, his nails are clean, you know, um, can have a conversation with the client that's outside the realm of magic you know, regarding whatever contemporary issues of the day, right. you know, right. I think that they respect when they talk to me on the phone, I think they can tell that I'm smart and professional and, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I don't talk, I'm not on the phone with a, a baby crying and then, you know, me putting my hand over the thing and going, I'm on the phone, <laughs> you know, which I hear all the time when I'm on the phone with my clients. So I don't, I don't, yeah. So I think I probably come across very, and that's the right. kind of person that they want to deal with. For sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's what it would be. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's who I am. Identity. Yeah. That's how I was trained as a, as a person, you know, in, in life. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, there's a cup. Are you searching for questions? I'm just just checking. I do a lot of checklists. Yeah, we check, have, check. We have a few. I have stacks. No, here. ask because uh, I have. Um, I have. There's two things I want to. I know I want to talk about. 
Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so let, there's two things. First of all, there was a uh, about ten years ago. I, uh, well, there was uh, there was a time in New York where all the performers would meet. Well, we actually had like a Christmas party in January. Some one of the guys threw a party, and we all went. And I'm looking at the group of people, and the most successful people in the market were people who were playing characters. There was um, a guy named Professor Putter. He was an old guy, and he was like, he was a tinkerer. And then there was this woman who was a, a clown, a clowny princess. Then there was me, Silly Billy. And the people who were not as successful as us were Larry the Magician, the great Dennis, you know, all these things. Um, who dressed like at the you know this white shirt, black pants, colorful vest? Okay, so yeah, I know you can tell how I feel about things when I in my in the tone of my voice. Um, so those guys were not killing it the way the characters were, and that and at that point, I I, I concluded that this is this is the right way to do it. And then when other people would ask me advice outside of New York, friends, people I'd meet at conventions, this is what I would tell them to do. And I still uh, believe that. So that's just a concept I wanted to share. The other thing is I want, I want to talk about Dr. Blood. So there was a time I realized that um, my clients were aging out of my, my demographic because people have me year after year. So if they have me when they're four, then they're four, five, and six, and seven. And then at one point, everyone agrees that Silly Billy is too young and, and I want to do something else. So I created a character for so I could keep my client, retain my clients in, as they get older and older. And this was turned out to be named Dr. Blood. And uh, the idea was to, um, it's actually, yeah, the original idea was to do silly things that involved um, gory uh, themes, but they were silly. The first trick I thought of was, this was back when Barney was popular. I was going to take a saw and saw Barney in half. Yeah, I was going to talk about sawing a lady in half, and I, I, I was going to saw Barney in half, and then I would take the two halves, separate them, and I'd have in the in the two halves, uh, squeeze bottles with like red liquid. <laughs> and as I separated Barney, I would squeeze the things and Barney's blood would be spurting everywhere. I love it. So that was, that was the original, that was the first idea when I'm sitting down going, okay, what am I going to do, Dr. Blood? And here's, and here are the tricks he's going to do. Okay. Dr. Blood ended up being a sort of a haunted house, a haunted house experience in in your in your venue in your place. So what I do is I scare I scare the crap out of the kids. That's what Doctor Blood does. I scare them, and they love it. Which is what happens when you go into a haunted house. You go in saying two things: I want to be scared, but I I know that when this is all over, I'm not going to be injured it's going to be fine i can suspend my disbelief for a this certain amount of time and that's also what happens in uh, roller coasters um you go on you're scared you're scared you know and then you get off and you and what do you do when you're done with the roller coaster you go oh, i want to do that again 
which is what happens when I do Dr. Blood for kids. So, so I, so when it was time for Dr. Blood, I created a new character and actually I still, I think I might love performing Dr. Blood more than silly Billy because I don't do him as often. And so I'm, st I'm still evolving the character and the tricks, you know, I mean, I've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, but, but, um, but I'm, st but because I don't do it as often, I still, I still get the light in discovering new things about the character. Also, it's a very, very uh, fragile experience. When I first started, oh God, I used to scare the kids way too much. I didn't know, I didn't know how an eight-year-old would respond to something versus a 10-year-old. And, you know, I scared a lot of people a lot, but that was the learning curve. They had to, this is, they, they sacrificed their, their sanity for the sake of future generations. So, um, but Dr. Blood it obviously looks completely different. He's got scrubs, the, there's blood all over them. There's a, I wear a crazy wig with wild hair. Um, and I, you know, and I've acquired all these very interesting props, uh, sh you know, shrunken heads and monkey paws and, you know, all kinds of sh nonsense I've, I've found along the way. And the tricks are all of the sort of, you know, the, the chopping things and sawing things and, uh, you know, illusions that look like you've dismembered yourself and stuff like that. So, so that's, um, I guess that's kind of a good lesson, you know, um, if you've, if you're, you find your character is, uh, really only good for a certain age range, then maybe you want to create a new character for other age ranges that aren't booking you, you know, and, and if you snap birthday parties, there are other <laughs> venues that aren't booking you. Yeah. You mentioned something interesting there, saying like Dr. Blood does all the chopping and things like that. And we've talked to other performers and they talk about how when you have a distinct character, making those choices are so much easier. And you're shaking your head yes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> These idiots who still don't <laughs> learn what people have been telling them for years. It, the, yes, when you have a character, it makes the, the creation of the show automatic oh, yeah. automatic and i actually talk about this in my lectures sometimes and i you know if you said to me you could say any uh occupation and as soon as you do the tricks just come pouring out of you um you know i, I like to use let, let's say well let's just say um if you're a plumber, oh, that's easy, right? Plumber. Right. So you know, Giovanni released a a pom pom stick with with piping and plumbing. So I'd buy one of those. I would um, do a do a maybe um, a mill a funnel right under a kid's arm where water would be coming out. That's a that's a plumber's trick. Um, I would be doing obviously a lot of liquid tricks, Chen Li water suspension. Uh, yeah, I mean, boom, there's my show, and I'm just making this up now. Right, right. So, yes, when you have a character, it makes creating the show very, very easy. And um, I do an act that I wrote for conventions um, of a caveman. I, I don't do it often enough, so uh, people, a lot of pe people haven't seen it. But I remember... I don't know how I came up with caveman, but I do remember coming up with the tricks for the caveman act. And they came out of me in 10 minutes. I had the whole show 
which is which are still the tricks I'm still doing. I've added new gags and bits and all kinds of stuff. But but the core tricks, you know, the first thing that I, the first gag I came up with was, um, uh, was the, the there was going to be fire in the in the in the show because cavemen, you know, worship fire. So you know. Uh, so now the, the gag is um, I, I, I stooge the a spectator to take some matches and light the, this lighter fluid in the, in the dove pan. Dove pan looks like it's made of stone. The lighter fluid comes out of a, of a, of a, a, a ceramic pot, you know. So, all right. so then anyway, so I stooge the heart to light matches. Uh, no, I take two sticks and I, oh yeah, that was the first gag. I said, my, the first gag was I'm going to have a dove pan. I'm going to pour something liquid into the dove pan, and then I'm going to take two sticks out and start rubbing them together. And all the magicians, because they're magicians, are going to laugh because they know the next step in the sequence. Right. So I take out the two sticks and I start rubbing. <laughs> that was the joke. And I thought, well, it's a perfect joke. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, the act writes itself. Yeah. 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 It's amazing how that, yeah. that, that it works. It is. Right? It is amazing how that works. And then you, yeah, and then you know whether this is a trick for my show or if, or it's not a trick for my show and it's a very easy decision to make. Yeah. Uh, or you take a trick that you want to do and you, you know, dress it up. So it's like, let's say the pom-pom stick that I just mentioned and, and you know, there's probably tons of, well, you know, uh, Mac, uh, does he do the bottle thing with the, with the handkerchief? He makes a bottle of beer appear at the end, but he covers it with a handkerchief. And I wonder um, if that handkerchief is made of the same pattern as his clothes. I it don't remember. It is? Yeah, I saw a show, but no, everything he wears is the exact same pattern that is the yeah. backdrop. Right, yeah. right. And uh, so, yeah, so let's say he wanted to do that trick, but he's not going to take a, um, a handkerchief or a napkin. He's going to take out a piece of cloth that looks like the. Right. So that's how you would. You would either look for tricks that work or look for tricks that you like and then, you know, change the look, change the pattern, change the plot to fit your character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and why don't we just look at, you know, Lance Burton. I can't imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't see Lance Burton doing any of Matt King's tricks and you can't see Matt King doing any of Lance Burton's tricks. That's because they're both really defined characters and their tricks wouldn't work for the other character. And that's, you know, that's one of the magic's great analogies, the two of them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And, it's a good and Jonathan, amazing Jonathan, all the same thing, you know. I mean, he's staples yeah. stuff to... Tanya, the psychic, <laughs> psychic Tanya, you know, yeah. uh, and, and yeah, so, um, yeah. So what would, what advice, not to take up any more of your time. No, go ahead. You know, How? Sure that we're, we're, yeah, that's, I'm good with that. Cause okay. this is when the, yeah, yeah we're doing that's going to start. Okay. So advice to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I, it angers me because, you know, I mean, it's just, what was I doing? Um, well, I, I'm glad I quit my job. I'm glad I, well, by the way, it was a job I hated. And I'll tell you something. If it was a job I liked, being a performer as a career would never have occurred to me. Wow. 
Um, and so, you know, go figure. That's how things happen. Yeah. So I'm glad I quit my job. I'm glad I street performed. I, I love street performing probably more than any other kind of performing because it's, it's my terms. You know, sure. it's my show. I mean, it's more my show than any other kind of show you could do. So if I want to tell someone to leave, I will tell them if I'm, if I'm, if I want to stop the show after five minutes, I can do that. If I want to, it's just, you know, it's just an infinite opportunity to do whatever it is that you really want. All right. So I, I'm glad I did that. I love doing kids shows. Um, I think the biggest, um, actually, <clears throat> I would say, I would say um, two things. One is the glasses. I wear jumbo glasses for people who don't know. And I think the glasses, um, they have a drawback. And the drawback is that if I'm on stage, um, they cast a shadow on my face. And that's not really ideal. So I probably would have found another hook that wasn't glasses. Also, if you take off the glasses, you know, your eyes have make expressions and there's, there's squinting and there's all kinds of other things that you could do as a character or, a, you know, to convey an emotion that the glasses might interfere with. So I think the glasses, I would have passed on the glasses and I wouldn't have started this company. Uh, the reason I started was I had this idea. I did a gig. The warm up, it was a Christmas party the warm-up for, for like a charity. So the guy, there was a guy who was introducing me and he was killing some time and he was hilarious and he was really wonderful with the kids. And I said to him at the end of the thing, listen, you know, I got this idea. And he was great. My first guy was great. So if he was terrible, I wouldn't have done the other company. Um, and I think the other companies, I really, really, really think, um, I really think that that took away from one of the things I liked about it was, you know, I was making money when I was traveling and not sure. working. All summer I was gone and I was still making money. That's a lovely uh, idea. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I think that's a, that would be bad. Other than that, um, I love um, the costume choices I've made. I love the, the – um, oh, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something I could, would have told my younger self. Um, I, my character is edgy especially by the criteria that someone would use to judge a children's entertainer. Okay. A lot of parents, and this is probably true, more true when I first started than now, because now we have Nickelodeon, we have all these crazy cartoons. That re people, you know, children's entertainment has definitely evolved, uh, you know, other media. But... Um, but I was edgy, you know, at the, in the, at the beginning and, you know, people expected me to come in and be very gentle and very soft and, and, and talk about rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. And I didn't, I was edgy and people would come up to me after my parents would come up to me after my show and complain to me, I didn't like what you said about that boy. And that upset me for many years. I didn't know what to do about that. And then there was a time when I decided I'm okay with it. I'm okay with doing a show and having one person come up after and say, I didn't like what you did. And when that person, now when that person comes up to me, I say, you know what? At every show I do, I offend one parent. And thank you for coming up to me. And now I know who that parent is. <laughs> now it's you. 
and that's all I can. That's all I can do. I have no, uh, I have no remorse for offending people. I'm not an. I don't say anything that's explicitly offensive. I say things that may offend some people, which is very different. And now I have no. I have no uh, pity for them. I don't care. Your child is not God. And the fact that I didn't choose him just because he was really, really wanted to be in your show, he was raising his hand, you know, uh, that doesn't, that no longer bothers me. So that would have been my advice. (laughs) That is good advice. Yeah, that is good advice. That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah you're good. We're no, good. That's that's pure gold. Thank good. You. Good. No, no, I knew I wanted to talk about the yeah. thing in New York with the other yeah, characters. Sure. Um, that was because that to me is the was re- like that was that is that is the reason for your book yes. because that is something I think is is true yeah. and I and and that supports your whole premise. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Trick is interchangeable. Everybody does tricks yeah. until you find the character, and you're like, I can, ne- I can never do that now because he does it so well. It's his trick, and yeah. we all have to stop doing it. Basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that Mac told me. Um, he said we we were talking. Who knows about what? But it, this is this came up, and um, he said he's not concerned about people doing his material because his material is so much about his character that it's not going to work for anybody else you know you can't you can't steal a plus he also has all these callbacks oh his whole show is a yeah. callback his whole show is a callback so you can't you can't just remove one trick and put it in your act because it's full of mac callbacks mac's character Right, yeah. And that's, again, one of those wonderful advantages of having a character. If you, ca- if you came out at a magic convention doing Rob's, uh, a quote-unquote Rob Zabrecki, people would lynch you. What yeah. the hell? That's Rob's character. That's Rob's act. You can't do that. And that's another, that's a safety valve, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're focused on the tricks. We're focused yeah. there and not looking yeah. at, yeah. you know, it's rare that you see a magician that has an act. Yeah, right? that's right. It's like a bunch of tricks. tricks. Yeah. And I, I'm going to tell you one more thing that you just reminded me. Um, now, of course, this is being written in 2015, 2016. And what's happening now is so many magicians, the younger guys, are all doing the same character, yes. the dark. Maybe it came out of Chris Angel, you know, and partly Blaine, yeah. but this the dark, silent, you know, no smiling character. But so many people are doing it, and it's enough already. Let's you know do something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unless you're him. Yeah, but so many right, so many people are are, are doing that, and you know, maybe it's just some you know a phase we're passing through. 
but it's 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 you know you know look there's two kinds of magicians one magician i think the professional would say wow this is a good another example i hate to keep talking about matt king but you know i'm friends with matt king and i've learned a lot from matt king and some people will see matt king's show and say that music that he plays during the cards across with the cloak of invisibility is awesome and i shazammed it and i'm gonna use it it's such great sorry it's such great music okay that's the that's the amateur the professional says that is such great music too bad it's been eliminated from my repertoire. Because in your brain, as the professional, you go, that's such great music, I need to find my music. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, so when you, the professional sees something and says, oh, wow, that's good, too bad I can't do it. The, the amateur says, wow, that's good, I can't wait to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there you have it. Beautiful. But that also has to do with character. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Thanks this so was very nice. That was so awesome. My pleasure. I Are hope you? I didn't reach no, take no. too long no, with my answers. Yeah, okay. Good, yeah. good, good. Okay, so chapter two. Okay, chapter two. <laughs> so when I first created Silly Billy, I had a lot of decisions to make, <laughs> and uh, the the decisions I ended up making were that I would have a unique font. For the word for the silly Billy that would be printed in all my ads, and that way, even if children, oh, and I had a little little logo of me of silly Billy of you know like a tiny little line drawing that would be in the ads also. This way, kids, when they were if the parent was looking at like let's say a a big page in print media of all tons of in a parenting magazine of tons of different people that can do it. Um, the kid would see my logo, even if he can't read, he would know it's Silly Billy. That was important. Then I had to decide what do I wear. And I and all, every cartoon character wears the same thing all the time. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, uh, Donald Duck. They always wear the same. And so then I, so I decided that Silly Billy would always wear the same clothes. That that was the right decision not to change. I could have a... Yellow suspenders, red suspenders, white suspenders. Uh, but no, every every time I did a show, I'd be wearing the exact same clothes because the cartoon characters do that too. Um, and then there was a question about colors, right? So Silly Billy is very energetic, very high energy. So I wanted high energy colors. And most of what I wear is red and yellow. Not blue, not green. You can't walk out there in taupe and be like, ta-da. Yeah, taupe. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> taupe. So, so would, kid, all the kids would go, taupe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the colors were high energy to match right. the character. So, um, and actually, I just, and now I do, I do these, I do, like, personal coaching. Okay. Um, and I just recently did, did one with a guy, and he w wears a black suit with a blue shirt. And I said, we're getting rid of it. We're getting rid of it. And I gave him all these links to, to, uh, to colorful shirts and colorful suits and ties and all, you know. But, but, uh, but so, so there was the, the, the logo, which was recognizable by children who can't read. There's the, the font. The, the, the font is always the same in all my ads. Uh, the clothes are always the same. And these were all branding. These were all decisions about branding. And... Um, Trying to think if there was anything else. The, the outgoing message on my answering machine uh, is is very energetic, and I'm you know, like you know, you can't have. Here's okay. Don't do this. Hi, 
you've reached the Millers and Joe the Magician. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I always had a dedicated phone line with the dedicated voicemail so that I didn't have to do, hey, welcome to, and, the, and, the, and then some people you've said to me, oh, but I can't do that. So then screw the Millers and just do, hey, it's Joe the Magician and all you, and your wife and your husband and your grandmother will know that, that it's Joe, it's Joe's house right. because they know that Joe's a magician. You don't, you don't have to waste half of the message with, hi, Linda, Tommy, <laughs> Princess, and, you know, and and yeah, and Ariel are not here. Anyway, so you should have a, your me outgoing message should be also part of the branding. And when and we talked about being a professional, when my customers called, that's what they would hear, which is also professional and not hi. Leave a message for for yeah. Okay, so those are really important, and I'm glad I, I remembered them. They're, they're really, and those were decisions I made. That's all about branding. Branding right. is different from character, by it the is, way. It, it's it's different, but in some regards, like we're talking about colors and choices of like what you're gonna wear, why you wear it, the logo, all of those things. It does sort of play the same role when you're building a brand and you're building a character. Yeah. Okay. In, in yeah. yeah. Well, but to, to, together. The character and the branding together, right. it just it They're makes the per one, it makes the perfect. yes 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 it's yeah yeah it's exactly right exactly right yes yeah, so I have a picture when I do my shows I have a a little sign that says Silly Billy in the same font with the same picture so that the kids learn it during the show and then if they see it again you know again it's all it all comes together yeah 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 yeah.